Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. A Merry Christmas to you all and welcome to episode 17 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Last week I visited Shirakawago in the Gifu Prefecture here in Japan. Shirakawago is actually the old name for the Shirakawa village that is now part of a town called Ogi Town and contains a multitude of buildings that have what are called Gashō Zukuri roofs. Um, it's starting to sound a bit like a, a Japanese lesson, but uh, Gashō Zukuri basically means, um, well, literally translated means built in the shape of praying hands uh, because the steep-sided roofs resemble the shape when putting two hands together in prayer. The village was designated a UNESCO World Cultural Heritage Site in 1995. Uh, I'll add a link to the UNESCO site with a description and maps, etc. in the show notes, uh, in case you're interested. Before I move on to the photos, I'd like to first talk a little about issues that might arise when visiting cold places. Uh, it can cause technical issues with your equipment and also put you at risk with re uh, respect to your personal safety. When I got back to my car on Sunday morning, uh, it showed me that the outside temperature was minus 7 degrees Celsius or uh, 19 degrees Fahrenheit, which is not as cold as when shooting uh, in Hokkaido, the northernmost island of Japan, but it, it's still pretty cold and can cause problems if you're not prepared. So, firstly, you, you need to dress for the occasion. Don't tell anyone, but I usually wear long thermal under-trousers, uh, long johns, we call them in the UK, I'm not sure about other countries, uh, and long-sleeved thermal underwear uh, when in sub-zero conditions. I also wear warm quilted over-trousers, uh, and for my upper body, one or more fleeces, depending on how cold it is. A warm sweater or pullover will also work, but if it gets wet at all, uh, fleece will probably dry pretty quickly. Uh, so I, I tend to wear fleece more than uh, sweaters, pullovers, things like that. They're also lightweight, uh, so if you do a lot of walking or climbing in the cold too, this will help. Depending on how cold it is, I'll wear either a thin waterproof jacket uh, or a down jacket both of which are Gore-Tex. This is a fabric that keeps out the rain, but also uh, allows moisture to escape, which again is useful if you're going to get active while in the cold. Uh, some might think it's surprising, but you can actually still get pretty sweaty, even if uh, you're in sub-zero temperatures, uh, once you start walking around for a while or climbing hills, etc. I also carry with me a pair of Gore-Tex over-trousers uh, in case I'm going to be walking for any distance in deep snow. As the snow melts on your legs, it will soon uh, get pretty wet if your leggings aren't waterproof. You'll also need a warm hat or a hood on your jacket to protect your head. If you go for a hat rather than a hooded jacket, choose something that also covers your ears. I find that having cold ears can make life pretty miserable in harsh conditions. You'll also need some good waterproof and slipproof boots. If you intend to do any real walking, uh, I suggest some warm winter hiking boots. If you are not going to go far from your car, a pair of Wellington boots uh, will be okay, 
but make sure that they have good soles that will prevent you from slipping on ice. If you go for some hiking boots, the assistant in the outdoor shop uh, that you visit should be able to offer advice on something that has both uh, good soles and that don't uh, slip on snow and ice. Also, make it known that you will be visiting a cold area and that you want something that will will keep your feet uh, nice and warm. Warmth is important, especially if you're going to be standing in one place uh, waiting for something to happen, uh, as, as we often find as photographers. One item I sometimes use are a Japanese thing called kairo. Uh, these are small packets of some kind of rock or mineral or something, that, something like that that warms up uh, when it comes into contact with the air. Basically, they're in airtight packages, and when you break the seal, they get hot. I have some that are specially made to drop into your footwear as well, and this really helps to keep your feet warm when standing on snow or ice for any length of time. I'm sure you can get similar things in your own country, probably from an an outdoor store or maybe even from a drugstore or a chemist, depending on which side of the pond you live. You can also get Cairo that you can drop into your pockets, There are also types that you stick onto parts of your body, like the small of your back or your shoulders. I usually use Cairo in my pockets, uh, as it's also helpful for keeping your spare batteries warm. Uh, This leads me on to the other problem area uh, with regards to equipment, which is basically keeping your equipment working in cold conditions. Now, most camera manuals say that the camera will operate normally uh, down to freezing point. Uh, that's 0 degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. I have used Canon digital SLRs in temperatures down to minus 20 degrees Celsius or 4 Fahrenheit uh, and have yet to experience any lasting issues. The thing that really you have to take care of more than anything else is that battery life will get greatly reduced in the cold. What I usually do is keep a couple of sets of spare batteries in my trouser pocket or inside jacket pocket and often with a Cairo in there too. Then when the batteries go dead in my camera, which is usually about twice as fast as in normal temperature, I change them for some warm ones. I then put the worn down batteries into another pocket to keep them warm, uh, but away from the fully charged other spare batteries. If I go through all of my charge spares, then I go back to the ones that went dead earlier, as you often find that warming them up will give them uh, some more life. If it's actually snowing while you're shooting, the other thing you'll need to do is to keep your camera dry. If you use a professional camera like a Canon 1 series, it is waterproof, so as long as you also have uh, waterproof lenses, you don't really need to worry about this uh, very much. But for most other cameras, you'll need to take some precautions to keep the melting snow from getting inside your camera. I usually do one of two things. I'll use a large cloth in snowy conditions when it's not so cold and just throw it over the camera when I'm not shooting and I'll raise it uh, up above the lens and the eyepiece uh, to shoot. If it is really cold and I'm going to be outside for long periods of time, I use a padded jacket that goes over the body of the camera and the first 15 centimetres or so of the lens to keep them warm. 
This cover is not really 100% waterproof, but it's like a, a nylon plasticky type material, so it stops the snow from melting and getting inside. This method is best for keeping things warm, but it's a pain if you're going to be changing lenses. Also, if you have to take it off to change your film or memory card, uh, this can be a bit of a pain too. The jacket that I have has a hole like a sleeve on the right-hand side for sliding your hand in to operate the camera, and a hole in the back for looking through the viewfinder and also for checking the image on the LCD when using digital. Finally, one piece of advice uh, with regard to the cold uh, to keep your energy levels up. I usually keep a bar of chocolate or something like that with me if I'm going to be standing out in the cold for a long time. I find that chocolate can give you a quick burst of energy if you start to feel low and can help to give you a little more time shooting before you have to go and feed yourself properly. Of course, if you are in it for the long haul, you'll need to prepare something warm to drink and something that you can eat at your shooting location. So that's about it for keeping yourself and your equipment going in cold weather. Although there are many photographs on my site that were made at uh, icy sub-zero temperature locations, let's take a look now at some of the photos from my recent visit to the uh, Shirakawago village. First, let's take a look at shot number 779, which is to me, just uh, like something from a Christmas card. I just drove uh, 333 miles or uh, 537 kilometres across Japan, mostly in the snow, to get here, and I'd arrived late on Saturday. It was 4.14pm when I took this shot, and I had another 19 minutes or so of shooting before it would be too dark uh, to shoot without my tripod. I wouldn't have had time to use my tripod at this point anyway, as I was trying to get as many shots as possible before dark. So I cranked up the ISO to 320 and started shooting. I had an aperture of f8 for this first shot uh, to get some reasonable depth of field, and I was relying on the lens's image stabilizer to keep the shot sharp at 1 13th of a second. I also chose a slow shutter speed to allow the snow falling at an angle to leave a trail on the image, uh, adding to the wintry feel of the shot. By the way, if you have forgotten to send someone a Christmas card, you can send this and any other photo from my website as an e-card uh, to anyone that has an email address. When you view the images on my gallery at martinbaileyphotography.com, you'll see a button above the photo with an arrow moving out of a box. If you place your mouse over the buttons above the image, you will see uh, what they do in the tooltips uh, in like a, a little yellow or coloured pop-up. The button that you want to use to send an e-card will say, send this file as an e-card. Just click on the button when displaying a photo that you want to send and add your name and email address and the name and email address of who you want to send the card to. You can also add a title and a message uh, for the person that will receive the card. This option can be used by non-members as well, so feel free to give it a try. If you are a member and logged on, your name and email address will be filled in for you automatically. So let's take a look at the next shot, which is number 780. This was taken two and a half minutes after the last shot we viewed, and is probably one of my favourites from this shoot. 
It's a simple image uh, with a storehouse placed low in the bottom left of the image with the snow falling heavily around and the hills uh, in the background with heavily wooded and making a, a nice backdrop for the shot. It just seemed so bleak though. I think it portrays for me the harshness of the winter the Shirakawa villagers have to endure for four to five months of each year. This too was shot at ISO 320, but the light was fading quickly, uh, so I was now at f5.6 for one fifteenth of a second. I also didn't need much depth of field for this, um, as much depth of field as I did for the last shot, as the subjects were all quite uh, far away from me. The next photo, number 782, is probably uh, my favourite from this shoot. It doesn't contain one of the Gashozukuri roofs, uh, but the tree in the foreground here is uh, heavily laden with orange-red persimmon fruit that didn't fall off uh, before the snows hit. The reds are very Christmassy too, so this might be another candidate for an e-card. I'm still at f5.6 here, but had raised the ISO to 400 to brighten up the shot a little to make the fruit stand out more. Notice here I had again added the small storehouse, but now it plays just a small part uh, to add that little something to the shot. I got a few more shots around here, but as I had still not found a place to stay for the night and it was almost dark, I decided to wrap up for now and come out again after dark to capture the buildings when lit up against the black sky with the white snow all around. By the way, I've uploaded a total of 20 shots from this location to my website and I'll include a link to list them all in the show notes. If you're interested in seeing the ones I've not included in this podcast, take a look. After finding a place to stay and eating dinner, I went back out for an hour or so to see what I could shoot. With the next photo, I wanted to interject a couple of points on white balance. Let's take a look uh, quickly at shot number 785. This is a nice warm wintry shot. Um, kind of a contradiction there, warm wintry. The lighting was very warm. Uh, I'd originally used the Weibal card mentioned in episode 14 uh, on white balance. And the white balance had actually been done very, very well. But the shot, the lighting around was all quite warm. Uh, like the windows in the cottages. And the white balance done perfectly removed this effect. So I warmed it back up a little bit in Digital Photo Professional by selecting a colour temperature of 3800 Kelvin uh, before exporting to Photoshop. I don't know exactly what the colour temperature was uh, that I'd set with the custom white balance using the Weibal, but I'd say it was probably around 2800 Kelvin. This did produce perfect whites, but as I say, I wanted to bring back uh, the warmth of this shot so that it accurately depicted the warmth of the lighting at the scene. I guess the lesson to be learned here is that white balance is important, but faithfully reproducing the effects that the ambient light has on your subject is another artistic choice we have, just something to bear in mind. The other thing to bear in mind with regards to white balancing a snow scene is that snow is pretty much always going to be perfectly white anyway. So unless you want to keep the mood of the ambient light as I did in the last shot, you could just click anywhere on the snow in your raw 
processing software and get a, re- a white reference after the shoot uh, if you don't have a Y-Bell or another grey or white card handy. Of course, you have to be shooting in RAW mode to make this adjustment after the event. The next photo today is number 787, which was taken actually just after the last shot when all of the lights went out. The very small amount of light from the town now meant an exposure of 20 seconds at f8 uh, with an ISO of 400 set for this shot. The light reflecting from the snow is the only real light in the scene, giving it, for me at least, uh, an almost mystic feel. After shooting this, I went back to the guest house, which was, by the way, the building furthest away of the two in the shot that I warmed up in DPP, number 785. It was an incredible experience to stay in a building that is registered as a world cultural heritage. But let me tell you, it was so cold. There was a heater in our room, uh, but most old Japanese houses, including these, have no central heating and no double glazing, etc. The doors are usually sliding wooden doors that aren't sealed well. Uh, The windows are also like sliding doors, uh, but on the inside uh, they often have a paper screen, uh, which does act as a shield against the cold. But still, the surroundings being how they are, and the fact that you have to turn the heater off while sleeping, it was uh, 2 degrees Celsius or 36 degrees Fahrenheit in the room the following morning when I woke up. I'm not usually too bothered by the cold, but... I must admit, uh, waiting until the heater um, that I turned back on at 6.30am had warmed the room to 10 degrees or 50 degrees Fahrenheit before daring to get out of bed. It was uh, an excellent experience though, all the same. So moving on to the last photo I want to show you today, which is number 793, that I shot during an hour or so walk around through the village on the Sunday morning. Uh, before the 10-hour drive back uh, to Tokyo in the snow. I'm really just throwing this in to mention the composition that I chose and the reasons for doing so. I framed the cottages in the background with the two foreground buildings, and I also like this shot because you can see part of a rice paddy uh, with the cut stalks sticking out of the, for some reason, uh, unfrozen water. This for me enforces the fact that this idyllic snowbelt village uh, is actually in Japan. The wintry trees in the background round this off for me, making it another favourite from this trip. So remember that you can send this and any of the images on my website as e-cards to anyone with an email address, and I will put a link to all of the other shots from this particular location in the show notes. So that's about it for this week. Note that I will be selecting the winner of the MVP's Members Prize for December. Uh, So if you want to be in with a chance of winning an original print of any of the shots in my gallery up to uh, A3 plus paper size, all you need to do is, if you're not already a member, register in my forum at martinbaileyphotography.com And if you are a member, just log in and make one or more posts this month before midnight uh, GMT on the 31st of December 2005. So I guess this does wrap it up for this week. Um, It might wrap it up for this year. I'm hoping to get out and do a little 
uh, shooting over the next few days, over the holidays. I, I also have a few other jobs to finish up as well. So I may not get around to do a New Year's show next week. If I don't get a chance to speak to you again until next year, please do have a very Merry Christmas and also a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening and taking part in the forum, etc. It's you guys that make it all worthwhile. So, again, thanks very much and Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. This has been a Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Thank you.